Mormon polygamists claim that they work for the Lord, but what exactly do they do for the Lord? We're going to talk about that next on Polygamy. What love is this? A few weeks ago, myself and a couple of other ladies from a polygamy group were chatting together about some of the sameness and differences between the polygamy groups, particularly in doctrinal dogma. Well, I started taking some notes about what we were talking about and titled it, What Polygamists Do for the Lord, or What They Think They Do for the Lord. Each polygamy group claims to be God's only kingdom, and each group is referred to as the work or God's work. So I thought we could share some of what came out of that list, what Mormon fundamentalists actually do do for the Lord. A former guest and a plural wife, former plural wife from the AUB polygamy group, is here to share the conversation and to help discuss exactly what they do for the Lord. Karen Bradshaw, thank you so much for coming again. Thank you for having me. And you've got some input on this, on what the AUB and me with the Kingstons, what they think they are doing for the Lord. Yes. So, first on our list is they lie for the Lord. They think it's a good thing. And we've talked about that a lot. We've covered this, depth, this topic in depth in so many of our programs. So we're just going to give a quick example of something a former LDS missionary said about his training in lying for the Lord. Now remember, polygamists are Mormon too. This is taken from a confession by a former LDS missionary. On my mission 25 years ago, when someone would ask us about Mormon polygamy, I was taught to re respond with the Mormon practiced polygamy because a lot of Mormon men were killed by persecutors. So other men took their widows and children into their households. And only about 4% of Mormon, Mormons practiced polygamy when at the same time 7% of all Americans were. So it wasn't out of line. That response usually satisfied inquisitors. Unfortunately, there's not a shred of truth to it. It's simply another example of how Mormons are taught to lie for the Lord. And I'm pers personally ashamed that I repeated that lie many times throughout my LDS mission, albeit that my repetition was born of ignorance and blind trust in my superiors. Okay. So those superiors, he didn't know he was lying for the Lord, but his superiors knew they were teaching that lie to them and they peddled it worldwide and of course a lot of them didn't know it but the, today's polygamists that that's number one up there on number one and, and what they're supposed to do to protect the group yeah life of the lord number two illegal marriages they do illegal marriages for the lord they believe they're doing it for god that now there's no contemporary polygamous marriage that's legal not one. And Joseph Smith performed marriage ceremonies without a legal license to perform them. He issued yeah. certificates of marriage that were approved by the LDS Church, but they were illegal according to local civil law. And we have a quote from D. Michael Quinn about that. So Joseph <clears throat> Smith's violation of laws and cultural norms regarding marriage and sexual behavior, the performance of civil marriage ceremonies by legally unauthorized offici officiators, 
monogamous marriage ceremonies in which one or both partners were undivorced from legal spouses, polygamous marriage of a man with more than one living wife, his marriage proposals to females as young as 12, his sexual relationships with polygamist wives and young as young as 14, polyandry of women with more than one husband, marriage and sexual cohabitation with foster daughters, and Mormon marriage, marriages of first cousins, brothers and sisters, and uncles and nieces. Okay, so this is what the early Mormons did for the Lord. Do they still do these things for the Lord? Definitely. They do? Definitely. Uh, the, the incest. I don't, I don't think the AUB gets as involved in incest as the Kingstons do, but they still marry close relatives, don't they? Yes, they do. And that's illegal. In Utah, mm -hmm. it's illegal to marry <clears throat> closer than third cousin. And polygamists do it all the time. Yeah, in fact, in our family, one of the boys married his sister. They were Full from, sister or yeah, half-sister? They were half si Well, they weren't blood-related, but they still grew up together in the same family. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's something God forbids. In Leviticus 18, he forbids the, the step, the, the in-law marriages and the step marriages. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and this information that we're talking about <clears throat> can be found in early Mormon history of some of their odd marriages uh, and the, the great deception that <clears throat> he used the term celestial marriage. Uh, he used that term celestial marriage. And, and that would make the, the, these illegal and immoral marriages seem high and holy. And that's what it does seem mm -hmm. like to them. Uh, and of course, when the prophet spoke, the people listened and they continue doing that same thing today. It's a deception that the prophet will never lead them astray. The third thing polygamists do for the Lord is they cheat and deceive for him. There have been unbelievable godly, ungodly behavior in this religion since Mormonism first began, and it continues. We quote from Quinn's Origin of Power again, where he wrote about Smith's attempt at theocracy. He mentions examples of their behavior in the name of God, and we quote, Mormonism's theocratic ethics would continue for decades. The official denials of actual events, the alternating condemnation and tolerance for counterfeiting and stealing from non-Mormons, threats and physical attacks against dissenters or other alleged enemies, the killing and castration of sex offenders, the killing of anti-Mormons, the bribery of government officials and business ethics at odds with church standards. Early Mormonism happens today. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? No, it doesn't. Today's polygamy group leaders illegally bribe, bribe government officials. They give tens of thousands of dollars to political campaigns, and that's easily proven. So in turn, they do nothing about their fraud. The, 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 the politicians do nothing about the fraud of the polygamists when they get campaign funds. Uh, and, and what about the AUB? What kind of illegal activities are you aware of that they actually involved in? So I haven't heard them doing campaign funds. Um, but I have like heard several different stories about fraudulent uh, embezzlement with tithing mm -hmm. that one of the leaders did. Um, at the time, the prophet got up and had him like apologize, but no one, none of us knew what he was apologizing for. Oh, really? And my husband leaned over and said, uh, "That was apologizing for like taking tithing from." Oh my. 
Yeah. Almost. And so that happened. Um, the Virginia Hill case, I'm sure that's public knowledge, mm -hmm. which was uh, oh, yeah. um, a million dollars. A book has written, been written about that. So. And then, of course, it all went into the businesses of the people that, you know, of the group. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and then and the then judge they, laundering, laundering money through that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the judge awarded her seven million dollars, and so the leaders actually tried to get the money from other, like a lawyer in Texas that was wealthy. Hmm. I thought that was weird. Yeah, you know? it is. And then it is. then they ended up coming to the people and like asking for them asking to asking them to help pay to that help seven pay. million. So we went and. Everyone dug deep in their pockets, and we did fundraisers, and they raised it, like, within six months. I don't wow. know how that's possible, but... Wow, wow. Well, they had a bit... But all of this because of an illegal activity. They took money from someone, stole her money. Yes. Uh, one person who must remain anonymous is someone uh, that is working, or at that time was working in one of the offices of a local polygamy group and was astounded at the bribery and payoffs that they were doing to different politicians or other people that wow. took place in the polygamy group. So they deceived for the Lord. Was that the Kingston group? Oh, you're not able to say. <laughs> Number four, polygamists steal for the Lord. And we just talked about as part of part of what we just talked about. But this is a little bit more so because we're digging into the pockets of taxpayers on this part of it. Several law lawsuits have happened recently, uh, like the FLDS food stamp fraud, the Kingston Washakie uh, tax fraud, their illegal operation of a public charter school where they're taking public funds. And the Kingstons have also had their share of welfare fraud. I was recently talking with a lady from the Kingston group, and we discussed how the Kingstons do not believe in inheritance rights and actively steal widows' houses because they don't believe in or allow any exclusive private property ownership. And I know the AUB also does that kind of thing. Yes, the AUB has done that for years, and they're finally... Uh selling land up there in Pinesdale because they don't want potential lawsuits. They have stolen multiple pe people's homes, including my, my mother, my yeah. own mother. She gave thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars and um, for a home up there. She'd sold a home down here when we moved up there and they put the name on the title of the home as Larry Bradshaw instead of Lila Bradshaw. So they stole her so they home stole her legally. Home. Mm -hmm. And she couldn't get it back? No. She couldn't receive it back? Well, she went to court and actually won, but, it, but she still doesn't have it back. Interesting. It, it breaks your heart. And there's a lot of other women I know that, yeah. including my own children, lost inheritance rights because it was all given to the priesthood. Given to the priesthood instead of the children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they 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 will neglect their families on behalf of the priesthood or the group yeah, or whatever. So but what did Jesus say about this kind of thing? He had something to say about it, didn't he? In Mark chapter twelve, verse thirty-eight through forty. Yes, Jesus said, as he taught, Jesus said, "Watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes." and be greeted in the marketplace, that sounds so much like our group, <laughs> and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor and at banquets, 
Um, they devour widows' houses and for the show make lengthy prayers. Such men will be punished most severely. So they devour widows' houses. A widow who, uh, basically, someone who can't take care of themselves and can't fend for themselves, and they so they go and take her, take her property. And the, 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 uh, every polygamy group does that. Mm-hmm. So they steal for the Lord. Jesus said severe punishment awaits them. No one can hide from God. They might think they can, but they cannot hide from God, and they can't bribe him, and they can't pay him a moth. Taking uh, private property is normal procedure for polygamists, as we said. And, of course, uh, the, the United Order is just a glorified religious communism. Number five, they commit adultery for the Lord. (laughs) Joseph Smith married 11 women who already had living husbands. Brigham Young married at least six women who already had living husbands. Parley Pratt was killed by the husband of a of a woman Pratt had taken as a plural wife. And there are other Mormon men who take for plural wives women who had legal husbands and were not divorced from them. That's not unusual in Mormon polygamy. That's adultery. It is just flat out adultery any way you look at it. And it's documented in Mormon history. Now, we have to look at it like this, and I know that might hurt. This might hurt maybe plural wives who are watching this. Um, no plural marriage is a legal marriage. It is not legal. Spiritual marriage is nothing more than religious authorized adultery. Not authorized by God. In, in, in 1834, Nancy Johnson married Orson Hyde. And while he was away on a mission in 1842, she became one of Joseph Smith's plural wives. But first, she became linked with Joseph Smith's secretary, Willard Richards, who already had a wife, and she was away in Massachusetts. Ebenezer Robinson said this about Willard Richards' behavior with Nancy Johnson. So, Willard Richards nailed down the windows and fired off his revolver in the streets after dark and commenced living with Mrs. Nancy Miranda Hyde. Okay, now that was kind of like his way of saying, I'll do what I please, you know, don't bother me, when, when it says that that's what he did. So wicked. So, yeah, and, and she's married. She's a married woman. Now, in, in response to this, Sidney Rigdon sent a letter which was addressed to the sisters of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and that letter said, and I quote, If Richard should take a notion to Hyde's wife in his absence, all that is necessary to be done is to be sealed. No harm done, no adultery committed, only taking a little advantage of rights of priesthood. And after Richards has gone the round of dissipation with Hyde's wife, she is afterwards turned over to Smith, and thus the poor silly woman becomes the actual dupe of two designing men under the sanctimonious garb of rights of the royal priesthood. Hyde, by and by, finds out the trick which was played upon him in his absence. By his two faithless friends, his dignity becomes offended, and well it might, and he refuses to live with his wife, but... To be even with his companions in iniquity takes to himself three more wives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two, two evils don't don't cover up one evil, and, and this is not holy behavior. Now, you know they could make a solace, uh, Hollywood movie over some of these sordid shenanigans. Number six, polygamists have killed and murdered for the Lord, and anyone who follows Mormon history knows. 
uh, about the Brigham Young's early teaching of blood atonement. Uh, actually, it wasn't only his idea. Heber C. Kimball said that adulterers, adulterers should have their heads removed, and he had 45 wives. And, mm. you know, most people don't know that Joseph Smith actually advocated blood atonement. We have a quote about that. At a meeting at, at the Nauvoo City Council, he, Joseph Smith, said, it was or, I was opposed to hanging, even if a man killed another. Instead, I will shoot him and cut off his head, spill his blood on the ground, and let the smoke thereof ascend up to God. And if ever I have the privilege of making a law on that subject, I will have it so. The official history of the church called this blood atonement, and the prophet warned Mormons at General Conference, I'll wring a, a thief's neck off if I can find him, if I cannot bring him to justice any other way. And here he wants to wring a thief's neck, and he had no problem stealing other men's wives. You know, it doesn't take long to see that, that polygamous step in his footsteps, does it? Mm. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but it was Brigham Young who dogmatically practiced blood atonement. It was doctrine. And we quote something Brigham Young said showing that it was doctrine. So Brigham says, There are sins that men commit for which they commit they cannot receive forgiveness in this world or in that which is to come. And if they had their eyes open to see their true condition, they would perfectly be willing to have their blood spilt upon the ground and the smoke and the smoking uh, incense would atone for their sins. I know when you hear my brethren telling about cutting people off from the earth that you consider it to be strong doctrine, but it is to save them, not to destroy them. So right there he called it strong doctrine. And cutting people off was, was blood atonement. That's what he explained. And of course, according to Jedediah Grant, he preached a terrible sermon on blood atonement during the 1850s Reformation. So Jedediah did not for a moment cease his exhortations. The blood atonement must not be forgotten. On one occasion, this crazy fanatic said, I would advise some of you men here to go to President Young and confess your sins and ask him to take you outside this city and have your blood shed to atone for your sins. There are men and women that I could advise to go to the president immediately and ask him to appoint a committee to attend to, that, to their case and then let a place be selected and let that committee shed their blood. I would ask how many covenant breakers there are in this city and in this kingdom. And if they are covenant breakers, we need a place designated where we can shed their blood. So there you are. It's there, and they preached it. Uh, now, we know that uh, the LeBaron Group practiced blood atonement. What about the AUB? Yeah, so that really hits home right You know, after I was sealed. That's what happened um, we we called it a sacred covenant, not a blood atonement. Mm -hmm. But yes, it did it did did and still does happen in the AUB. And my husband even whispered about you know covenant breakers being blood murdered, and that scared me. Yeah, as a young girl. Mm -hmm. And they they threaten that to scare you into following Staying them. Obviously, there. they do that. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, the Lafferty brothers, um, they blood atoned a woman and her baby because she refused their polygamy. 
and that blood atonement is slitting their throat from ear to ear, which was part of the LDS temple ceremony for up until the early 1990s. Mm -hmm. And can you imagine uh, somebody who called themselves uh, the kingdom of God that had that kind of a ritual, and they call it sacred in their temple? Does the AUB, I know they have temple ceremonies. Do they still have that ritual in their ceremony? Yes. They do everything like exactly the way it was or originally, yeah. so they have. They're those, proud of that. So they have. I'll cut my throat ear to ear. Mm -hmm. Have my tongue cut out and my guts squashed out and all of that. Yeah, that's terrible. Terrible. It's not from God, but they think they're doing it for Him. The next thing that polygamists do for the Lord is abuse women and children for the Lord. Both of us ha are very close to this kind of treatment. First, we want to quote from a book by Brent Jeffs telling his own story of growing up under Warren Jeffs. The book was entitled Lost Boys, and this is what he said. Warren quietly grabbed my hand and led me into a bathroom. Two of Warren's brothers were there, and one of them closed and locked the door. Warren brought me over by the tub. He knelt down so he could see my face. He said that God had chosen him to help me become a man, and that what was about to happen was God's will for me. This is how a boy becomes a man, he stressed. This is God's work. His voice was calm. But then he got colder and sharper. You cannot tell anyone or say anything to anyone because this is between you and God. If you tell, you will burn in hell. And then he describes how Warren Jeffs raped him. Five years old. He was only a five-year-old boy, and uh -huh. all of this was done for the Lord. Mm -hmm. Jeffs also raped his older brother, who later committed suicide because he couldn't deal with the painful memory and the inconsistency of someone who claims to be a, a prophet of God. Um, I suffered, me and my siblings suffered huge amounts of physical abuse and we talked last time uh, when your mom was here about some of the abuse she suffered as a plural wife and then she suffered a lot more but there's a lot of discipline going on in these groups isn't there and sexual abuse yes going on there, in these groups yes, there is the AUB do they hide it or do they expose it oh they hide it <laughs> they hide it there's a there's a case going on right now where a mother her children have come and you know tried legally to take take the children away from her because she's so abusive mm. and the prophet got up and told condoned it basically told them that they were in the wrong that she was like nothing was wrong with her there's and nothing wrong with her behavior that's terrible terrible it's, it's, and it's because that's what they all do yeah they all do it it's part, it's part of their doctrine to be abusive to train their children to be obedient is what we were taught mm -hmm. fanny Stel stenhouse has a quote on early mormon uh, polygamy and how they were abused. There was no one in whom I could confide. Is that the one? Mm -hmm. To whom I might tell my sorrows, and from whom, and from whose counsel or strength I might drive, derive comfort. I dare not even go and lay my griefs before God, for I had been led to believe that all my suffering was caused by an um, arbitrary decree which he willed to be enforced. So again, they think they're doing it for the Lord. They think the Lord has commanded it. Uh, and yet a loving God 
doesn't condone that kind of behavior. We have one more quote from Stenhouse as she discovers more of the horrors of polygamy, not only in her own experience, but as she spoke with other plural wives. I had abundant opportunities of hearing stories of cruelty, wrong, and suffering under the celestial system, many of them so utterly revolting that I would not dream of relating them again. Polygamy among the Mormons is so involved in disgusting and disgraceful details that a modest woman would not dare to relate all she knew. In this book, I have endeavored to be true to the title and tell it all, as far as such a thing is possible. But there are thousands of horrible incidences, too degrading for, too degrading for mention, which from part and parcel of the system of polygamy, but which no woman who had any respect for herself would think of putting on paper. And that was then, and it still goes on today. Abuse still continues, and they do it in the name of the Lord. It's heartbreaking. No wonder people leave polygamy and hating God. Last on our list of what polygamists do for the Lord is they sacrifice themselves and their families, thinking their reward will be godhood in celestial glory, in a celestial kingdom. But they've made the true gospel into something it's not. It's not about our sacrifice for salvation. It's about His sacrifice for our salvation. It was God who sacrificed Himself for us. Acts chapter 20, verse 28 tells us so. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which He hath purchased with His own blood. The church of God which He purchased. God purchased the church with his own blood. And that's not the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints either. Um, although they can become part of the purchase of God, certainly by faith in Jesus. But for us to be forgiven and saved into his heaven, uh, we go through the cross. We don't go through Mormonism or polygamy. We go through the cross to be saved. He sacrificed for us, not us for him. There's only one sacrifice for sin and nothing else is needed. Salvation is accomplished already. Our repentance and faith in Jesus alone is all anyone needs. We're saved by grace through faith, which is a gift of God through Jesus Christ, who is our Lord. So polygamists... They just need to give up all these burdensome ideas yes. <laughs> and repent and turn to God's grace rather than human works. And that's what we want to do together yeah. as we work to bring biblical truths to polygamists. Yes, we do. Yes, we <laughs> We're do. excited about it. We are excited to do it. And thank you, Karen. Appreciate you sharing this time. You're welcome. You know, when the Bible uses the word salvation, it means eternal life. Life forever in heaven with God. And that's precisely how we use the word salvation. Our question to those in Mormonism is the Bible teaches that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. But we ask you, did Jesus' death accomplish salvation or eternal life? Or did his death on the cross just make salvation possible? All their teachers, both polygamists and LDS, have taught that his death merely made it possible for us to work our way to heaven. But Jesus said differently. Before he died, Jesus said, it is finished. He wasn't referring to his sufferings. He was telling us that everything has been accomplished by him. There's nothing left for us to do but believe it, embrace it, tell others about it, rely totally upon that and nothing else for eternal life. 
A person cannot attain eternal life through their own works. In fact, those who place themselves under religious law are under a curse. Read Galatians chapter 3 and learn the difference between religious works and God's grace. It is finished. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.